Good morning. Thank you, Digital Pastor Will. <clears throat> In the uh, classic Will Davis uh, spirit, so a Christian walks into a doctor's office. The doctor says, you know, you're kind of unhealthy. Uh, do you exercise? And the Christian says, yeah, I walk. He's like, oh, that's good. He's like, yeah, I've been walking with the Lord for about 20 years. The doctor says, no, no, what I mean is like, do you, do you exercise? He's like, oh, yes, I lift every day. It's like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, I lift his name on high. <laughs> the doctor says to the Christian, ah, you're not getting it. I don't think you're getting it. And the Christian says to the doctor, no, you don't get it. If God can defeat the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Hittites, he can defeat the Cellulites. <laughs> Thank you. You guys have a good Sunday. More bad jokes on the way. Here we go. Well, as Will uh, mentioned on the video, my name is John David Vasquez, and I have the privilege of serving here as the worship pastor. And can we thank our amazing worship team, Candy and Sarah, and the rest of the band. <clears throat> I do such a fantastic job. Listen, we don't have a few worship leaders and musicians. The whole team is full of worship leaders. And I just want to point out something I just thought was extremely beautiful in worship. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but at, at the several points in the message, our bass player stopped playing the instrument and just lifted his hands because he couldn't just hold his worship back. Listen, that's totally cool with me. <laughs> that's one, it's less opportunities for the notes to be bad. Uh, but like at, I love that about our worship community. It's, it's, it's about engaging with the presence of God. And that was just such a beautiful moment, and uh, I grabbed a picture of it because I'm going to treasure that moment that our community just, our worship community is like, we just care about the presence. And even in the midst of the song where we should be playing, I, if the moment calls for me to lift my hands or to bow, I'm going to do that. And so that was very awesome. So um, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for uh, this amazing time in musical praise and worship. And we're going to get back into that at the end of the message. Um, <clears throat> but we thank you also that we can uh, praise and worship you uh, as a response to the reading and the declaration of the word of God. It's living, it's active, it's transformative, it's renewing, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so we look forward to diving deep today. And we thank you in your son's name, amen. Um, you know what? Today's message is entitled Heart Song, um, parentheses, permission granted. Uh, and it's the first message of a new series that we're starting, like Will said, called The Sound. We're going to be taking a couple weeks to just unpack why music and singing is not only uh, significant, but it actually has powerful ramification, ramifications here on the earth and for eternity. And so, but before we dive into that, um, I'm realizing that this is probably the longest you guys have actually heard me speak like normally I'm like singing and behind an instrument. And so uh, I figured I would take this moment to just share a little bit of my story. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, I find I can get people to go further and do things that are more uncomfortable the more relational equity I have with them. So 
because I'm gonna I'm gonna push you today. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm the middle child of uh, of a military family. Didn't grow up in the church. Didn't grow up playing music. Actually, uh, got saved when I was around 16. Around the same time, I started learning how to play guitar. And as a young man, I I realized even then that nothing I had was really mine. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like my toys, my room, my video games, my clothes, those weren't really mine. I didn't earn them. I didn't buy them. Uh, but I knew, like I said, even as, as a young man, that the only thing that were truly mine were my life and my music. Um, and I remember holding my guitar up to heaven and saying, God, you can have my life and you can have my music. The two things that I know are truly mine to give, I surrender to you. And God will always use what you give him. He'll always use what you give him. And because I didn't have this grand design that to, to be a worship pastor. It wasn't something I ever thought I would be doing with my life. I actually wanted to pursue a career in law enforcement. And I remember as I was in the midst of that process, the Lord intervened and said, John David, I know this is something that you had been working towards, but if you trust me, I have something different for you. And at the time, I really didn't know that it would lead to this, uh, but I'm looking back now saying, okay, he's leading me down a path based on the thing that I surrendered to him. And so it's been a fantastic journey uh, over my 20 years. Uh, guys, I just turned 40. Can you all believe that? Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't think this would be what 40 would feel like, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I got 80 more years of life in me. I'm just going to speak that out, and hopefully my body will come into agreement. Um, so I, but, uh, you know, after I made that decision to follow the Lord, and I, I, you know, gave him, you know, I surrendered my calling and my destiny to, to whatever it is that he would have for me, and he chose to use the things that I laid down and, and vowed to him, my life and my music, uh, he led me into a career as a worship pastor, and I was, uh, had the privilege of serving as the worship leader uh, for a church in Northwest Austin for about 10 years, and it was actually the church that uh, Pastor Charles Patterson pastored. Uh, he was our guest speaker last week. He pastored that church for over 20 years. I had the privilege of serving on staff there for about 10 years. Uh, and it was a beautiful time. The Lord taught me a lot um, throughout that season. And around 2015, I felt like the Lord shifted gears again. He said, uh, John David, uh, you know, this season I'm, I'm calling to an, um, to an end. Uh, and if you trust me, I have something new for you. And isn't that just like God? He says he invites you into something, but he doesn't tell you what's on the other side of the door. And, and he's like, the only way that you get to discover is to just say yes first. Yeah. God, why do you do that, man? <laughs> but I did. I said, yes, okay, Lord, I'm willing to lay down this, this position as a worship pastor. And he said, John David, now that you said yes, what I want you to do is I want you to go be a student at this worship school called the Heart of David. And I was like, what? Lord, I've been a worship pastor for like 10 years. You want me to go be a student at a worship school? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And so I did, and I went through the program as a student. <clears throat> that was founded by one of my uh, mentors named Rick Pino. He's a worship artist, amazing man. Uh, but I went through the program as a student, eventually um, was invited to take on the worship director role for the school, and then eventually became the co-director, and then... Uh, am at the place where I am now, where I'm the director of the Heart of David. 
And then uh, about a year prior to, a uh, year before COVID, Rick came to me and said, hey, John David, you're already doing the day-to-day. You're leading the, the community and the school here at Heart of David. And he said, I, if you want, I want to bless you with the school to not just lead the day-to-day, but to actually have the ministry as your ministry. And he, as like a father, raised up an inheritance and then blessed me with it. And so I took over the school uh, fully, you know, had my own 501c3, my own board. And then COVID struck, that stinker, man. And uh, so we had to shut our school down. And um, we're still, you know, our community still meets. We still do stuff in the city behind the scenes, but our actual program has kind of been put on pause. Um, But I, I share about the school now because it's actually going to lead me into what we're going to be talking about today because at my school, I would teach a seven-week course on the seven Hebrew words for praise. And I would take about an hour for each word. And now I have to condense all that to fire hose you with all seven in like 20 minutes. So put on your seatbelt because it's going to be a pretty fast ride, Um, but I think you're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, I've seen the impact that this teaching has had in so many people's lives because the reality is, is that there are people in this room that are just be, are waiting to be let off the leash, so to speak. They're, they're ready to be as wild and crazy and passionate in their worship Uh, but they don't want to be the weird one in the room. I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a lot of permission to be the weird one in the room today. And it's really not me giving you that permission. It's really me helping you see that the Bible actually gives validation for passionate worship and praise. Okay? Let's dive in. It's going to be really fun. Okay. So... Um, it, all, all of these words that I'm going to talk about today are really going to help us to land on one word specifically. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch on, uh, these six of these words. And then on the last one is really where we're going to camp. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and we're going to actually step into, um, what, what we're going to be talking about. Because I love this saying that any, any revelation that isn't partnered with activation only trains us to be more religious, right? When we have a a, a revelation from the word of God, if we don't take the initiative to step into it and activate it in our own lives, it just becomes information. It doesn't get in here and transform the way we live. So I'm going to create an opportunity, me and the worship team are going to create an opportunity for you to actually step into what I'm talking about this morning. So you picked the wrong day to show up in person. All right, so the seven Hebrew words for praise. Let me, let me break this down for you. There are seven words in the Hebrew language that we translate into our one English word, praise. And as we kind of dissect and understand uh, the nuance of these words, we're gonna realize that it's gonna unlock certain things for us uh, in our corporate gathering. So let's step into it. The first Hebrew word, that we, ter- that, we def- that we translate into our English word praise is the Hebrew word toda. Can we say that together? Toda, toda. And we got the slide up. Here we go. It's coming up. Three, two, one. There it is. Toda. This is the praise of thanksgiving, often also known as sacrificial praise. 
And Leviticus chapter 22, verse 29 says, When you offer a sacrifice of todah unto the Lord, offer it of your own free will. You know, all of creation is worshiping and praising God. Right? The lilies of the field, the trees, they're waving their hands. You know, all of the, 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 the celestial objects in heaven, they're all responding to the beauty of God. And the Lord challenged me one time, and he said, John David, do you know that creation out in quantity and quality outpraises you? So like the little cat that kind of wanders around your neighborhood, he said, that cat in quantity and quality outpraises you. And I said, Lord, what do you, what do you mean by that? He says, well, that cat, and like, all of, like all of creation, worships with 100% of itself 100% of the time. So in quantity and quality, that cat is out-worshipping you. I said, that stinking cat's out-worshipping me? Not in my house. Anyway, guys, I'm going to be saying a lot of these bad jokes. It's going to really make this go a lot quicker if you laugh even courteously. Thank you. There you go. A knee slap, too, doesn't hurt. You know, come on. It'll help you stay awake, too. <laughs> I told you, man. The spirit of will got on me. Um, and so I began to ask the Lord about that. And he says, uh, you know, Lord, help me understand. What are you, what are you saying in this? And he said, he says, um, but John David, do you know why your praise is more meaningful to me than any, any other form of praise that creation could give. I said, God, why? He says, because out of everything that I've created, you, meaning you and I, are the only things that actually have the choice to not be thankful. Think about that. We're the only thing that were created in God's image that have the free will to choose not to praise him. All of creation, they don't have the choice. So even though they're worshiping 100% of themselves 100% of the time, when we choose to say thank you to God out of our own free will, especially in the midst of pain, we're actually giving God something we won't be able to give him in eternity. Because there was no pain before you were born, right? And the Bible tells us that when you graduate to eternity, there'll be no more pain or suffering anymore. So you only have this short window of time called your life to praise God in the midst of suffering. So when you choose to do that, you're giving God, like I said, something you won't be able to give him in eternity. It changes your perspective on circumstances and situations from things that are chaotic or meant to destroy you. And say, actually, they become opportunities to bless God, to give him this offering. Say, God, this offering, it really hurts. To say thank you right now is really painful. But I know that I can't give you this kind of praise at any other point in time but right now. Your praise in the midst of... Uh, your, your gratitude as a form of praise in the midst of pain and sacrifice is a limited addition. Amen. That was just number one. You guys ready to move on to number two? All right. So the second Hebrew word that we translate into our English word praise is yada. And this is the lifting uh, hands in praise. Psalm... Um, 
Psalm 57 verse 9 says, I will yada you, O Lord, among the people, I will sing to you among the nations. You know, some of you may have grown up in a tradition uh, or a religious organization where that maybe wasn't embraced or maybe even was frowned upon. Um, because it, it, it appears as if you're trying to draw attention to yourself. Let me tell you that the Bible actually tells us, according to this psalm, that you're supposed to do it among the people. In the congregation of the saints, some other translations read. And, you know, we, this is not something that we're unfamiliar with. Religion has squashed it, this expression out of the church, but you'll find it at any sort of football game or concert, or any sort of uh, 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 place that celebration is warranted, you'll see people lifting their hands. And so I'm here to tell you today that this is actually acceptable in church. And and you maybe have heard me say this from the stage uh, before, but lifting your hands is the international sign of surrender. Right? So when we lift our hands in worship, what are we communicating to God? That we give up control. That we trust you, that there's, like, I, 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 I submit to your will, right? But lifting your hands is also the international sign for pick me up, daddy. <laughs> I got someone that gave me the old kind of woot woot. I love it. But imagine, if you will, or remember maybe a time in your life when, you know, your, your mom or dad came home and, or a little, you know, when a, when a toddler, you know, sees their mom or dad come home and they, and they, there's such an affectionate longing for them. They lift their hands, mama, mama, mama. And they're, and they're, and they're reaching their hands out and mom or dad come reach, they reach down and they pick them up and embrace them. That's what yada also means. It's, it's, it means simultaneously, God, I give up control and I surrender, but also I'm affectionately reaching out and longing for you. I'm, I'm actually lifting up. I'm actually exalting you. Um, and he comes down and embraces us. So permission granted to lift your hands in church. Amen? All right. The next Hebrew word we're going to talk about is the Hebrew word shabak. Now, Shabbat is the shout of praise. Speaking about being a little kid, um, I remember my mom would come home from a long day at work, and she would tell she would tell us, you know, hey, I'm going to go take a nap in the other room. You and your brother and your sister uh, go play quietly in your room. I got yeah, I already got some parents laughing because they know where this is going, right? Because how long does that really last? Before, you know, you hear that and, oh, that's my toy. Don't touch me. Right? Is, can anyone relate to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably happened on the car here. Um, and, then, and then mom, not wanting to really get up out of bed, would from across the house. Hey! And what would happen? Oh, we got to play quiet. You didn't realize this, but your mom shabaked you. Because shabak is the shout of praise, but it's also the shout that brings peace. It's the shout that brings peace. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall shabak 
your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I hear the Lord saying, it's okay to yell at your kids. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but here's the thing, but, but seriously, like we, we, we got to yell the right thing though. Because if all your kids hear, when they, when, you t- when, when they hear you talk about God, if they, all they hear is, hey, you better be careful, God's watching, or don't do that, God's going God's gonna to punish you, right? What are we doing but instilling, instilling in them a perception of God of someone, as, as someone who they should be afraid of or fearful of, right? Then they end up becoming resentful. But if we begin to declare or shout or shabak from one generation to the other, like this is how good God is. These are the mighty acts that he's already done. When they find themselves in times of trouble, they'll actually have peace because they'll, because they'll remember the testimonies of God that you've shared with them ringing in their ears when you're not around. Like what am I gonna do in this situation? Oh man, I remember mom saying like God, God's always there and, and he's, a, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, okay. Okay, I don't, I'm not going to let anxiety rule. I'm going to let peace rule in this moment because I remember what my mom shabbat me. <laughs> Amen? All right. Let's move on. The next word that, Hebrew word that we translate into our English word praise is barak. And this is bowing in praise. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barak before the Lord our maker. This, this posture of praise is really powerful because it's something that is typically only reserved for royalty. I don't typically bow to anyone else besides the Lord. But what am I doing when I'm bowing? What am I communicating to God? I'm, I'm humbling myself before him. I'm submitting myself to his lordship. You know, what, you know what another thing bowing does is it makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable. You're literally prostrating yourself on the ground. There's a worship pastor named Matt Redman wrote a bunch of amazing worship songs, 10,000 Reasons, Heart of Worship. The list goes on and on, but he also wrote a book um, and corresponding album years and years ago called Face Down. And the takeaway that I got from that book, he says, when you face up to the glory of God, you find yourself face down in worship. We call that the Hoover Maneuver. You're sucking carpet. (laughs) Just a puddle on the ground, just, you know, just on your face, just on your belly, just crying out to God. You know what? And that, that, that is the appropriate response when royalty enters the room. But in that place of deep humility, the Lord extends a blessing over our lives. And I'm a firm believer that every time or any time that we posture ourselves in this way, we're actually positioning ourselves for a blessing and to actually emerge from the ground better than the way we went down. Amen. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is the wild one. 
The next Hebrew word for praise is halal. Can you say that with me? Halal. You got to say it like you just took a big old like pita bread thing of hummus and it's still kind of like hanging on in the back of your throat. So halal. Halal. Yeah, not halal. That's Texas for, <laughs> but it's halal. Okay, bad jokes, I told you. Uh, but this is, this, this is the praise of celebration. Um, it's translated often also to boast, to shine, to, uh, to be foolishly clamorous or to appear mad or insane. That's a form of praise, to look like an idiot. Like on purpose. <laughs> But did you know that this is where we get our word hallelujah? Aha. A lot of you guys have been saying, I've been saying that all my life and I never knew what it meant. Halal Yahweh. Halal Yah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You thought it meant, oh, it just means praise the Lord. Well, this is the type of praise it means. It, it, you, know that, you know that type of like expression when you either walk into a spider web or you got a bee soaring around your head that like, that move, that's halal. To, to really give the Lord your hallelujah, it looks like you acting and looking like a crazy person. It's, it's being so deeply and passionately in love with God that you don't care what it looks like. If it looks like me, if the Lord, we, I was having a conversation with one of my friends in the, in the break before second service, uh, and she was telling me, it was like, you know, I, if God tells me to do it, I'm just going to do it. And if I don't, it's disobedience, right? And so halal, God might be asking you, like, hey, I want you to come up to the front, and I want you to jump up and down, or I want you to clap your hands, or I want you to spin around like, like a top and like a whirly-durly and just... And, and, you know, part of that, you might be saying, like, why? Why are you doing that? And he's like, don't ask why. I'm just telling you, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to praise me the way that I want and how, how I've dictated in my word? Or are you just going to stay in your comfort zone? And if you have any questions about is that appropriate in church, I want to first tell you that the Lord... We get, a, we, get a, we get an image of the Lord, I believe, gosh, help me, Lord, if it's not correct, uh, but I believe it's in the book of Zephaniah, where it says that the Lord is spinning over us, that his, he's dancing, his, his, he's smiling over us, like he's, he, he rejoices over us. And if, again, like you had any doubts, if, is this acceptable in church? Can we actually do cartwheels in service? Psalm 22, verse 22 says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will halal you. Permission granted. You are let off the leash this morning. You have biblical precedence for being wild in church. Come on. How many of you, when you were an unbeliever, would have loved to come to the most radical, like amazing Jesus party on the block each week? Like, that's what this can be. This is what it should be. It's what it should be. And do you know, like, that, 
like crazy, like exuberant, demonstrative type of extra worship is only that way here. In heaven, it's called normal. Only here is it considered wild. Only here is it considered wild. In heaven, it's just like, this is Tuesday. <laughs> and did you know that this word halal, out of the seven different ways the Lord commands his people to praise him, this one word is actually used more than any other. What do you think that means? Out of all the ways that God wants his people to respond to him in praise, he says, I want this one the most, the one that makes you look like an idiot. The one that makes you have to lay down your pride. Come on, the one that maybe when you do this motion, it actually shakes something off of you in the spirit. It breaks something off of you. Maybe you've been like that, that this feeling like I've been walking in clay and that clay is hardened and I'm now I'm stiff and I'm rigid and there's something about the halal praise that just begins to shatter all these things that have been keeping you bound. Amen? All right. So we got two more Hebrew words for praise to go and I just want to point something out. Out of the seven, we've talked about five. Did you, have you realized that I have not yet mentioned anything about music or singing? Because so often we think of praise as what the band does and we think that's the totality of it when in fact praise has more to do with about with more has more to do with the way we live our life than the songs we sing because the majority of the way praise is defined has to do with how we respond and live our life in obedience to God however singing and music is a pretty powerful portion of it and that's what we're going to dive into next so the next hebrew word for praise is zamer say it with me zamer and this is the praise by making music Psalm 147, verse 7 says, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, Zamar or Zamer the Lord on the harp to our God. So, guitar solos, boom. Totally acceptable in church. You know, the Hebrew language is, is numeric, symbolic, and pictographic. It's actually a beautiful language if you've ever studied it. And one of the, the ways that they try to help us understand this type of word is symbolically the way that they would try to help people get the, the word zamar or zamer, sorry, is the, it's like it's, it has its roots in agriculture. So imagine someone plucking fruit from a vine. Okay, that's how, that's how they're trying to get you to imagine what this word means, is someone plucking fruit from a vine. And it's kind of where we get the idea of plucking a string instrument. But I want you to see the, the natural and how it correlates to the spirit. Because in, on one hand, you have in the natural a plucking that releases fruit that can nourish the body. But in a spiritual sense, we pluck to release a sound that can nourish the soul. Because music is a universal language, right? It crosses 
not only denomination, but it crosses cultures, crosses genders, crosses time. Come on, my God, it's even crossing space. We sent songs to aliens out in, you know, on a satellite. I don't know if there's really aliens or not. That's bad theology. I don't know. Um, I don't think there are. Who knows? God does. Anyway, moving on. Um, but there's something about the... The, 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 like uh, coming into into agreement with the sound of heaven because Will was talking about that. He was talking about like when when you when the veil is pulled back, right? And we we see this from I we we get these uh, eyewitness accounts from people who have had like near death experiences. But we even if you didn't want to like validate that, the, the scriptures are pretty clear that like, you know, in Ezekiel and Daniel, the book of Revelation is that anytime you see, get a glimpse into the, the realm in which God uh, kind of inhabits, you'll see that everything is responding to the full display of Jesus's beauty and majesty. And they're all responding in what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. It's the eternal song, right? All of heaven is praising and worshiping God. There's, there's a sound that's erupting in heaven. And, and, and me and the team are trying to, like, to, to replicate that here on the earth. And and I love the I, I love the power of this Hebrew word um, because I think about things that are possible when we really step into this. Like, take for instance um, when King Saul was being tormented by a de- by a demonic spirit. Now we don't often talk about this stuff on Sunday in Sunday morning churches, but it, but it's a reality. This, the spirit realm is real, and. There are a lot of people out there that are suffering from the affliction of the kingdom of darkness. And I love that the Bible gives us this this amazing worshiper that grabs his harp and says, I'm going to play the sound of heaven and cast that thing out of you. There's another account in scripture where King Saul is told by Samuel, he says, when you go over to that hill, you'll encounter a group of prof, or you'll encounter a group of musicians prophesying on their instruments. When you come into their presence, you'll be transformed into a new man. And I just want to, I want to release this as a, as a charge to us as a community. What if, what if, church, if our, if this place reverberated and was, in, was, in congru- was, was resonated with the congruency of heaven, that people that are suffering with demonic afflictions, chains, bondages, addictions, uh, you know, torment from the enemy in their mind or in their body, what if they came into this place during worship and they were completely set free? That's possible. That's biblical. And I, I don't want it to just be something that, that exists in the back, in the old days, in the Bible. That's available right here, right now. I, I'm looking forward to getting these testimonies of, man, I came in with a limp. During worship, no one laid hands on me. No one prayed for me. But I felt the presence of God enter the room. And, and now I'm, I'm, I can't do this. I can't do this. And they're sitting there doing it. 
I can't do this. Or, hey, I can't, like, can I just share a testimony with you guys? Um, so I have the privilege of getting to lead worship a lot of different places. One of these places is this little uh, chapel out in Dripping Springs. And <clears throat> we, I did a night of worship out there on a Friday night. I get a text Saturday morning from the owner of the chapel. And she said, hey, you need to know that there was a woman that was there Friday night who Thursday wrote her suicide note. She said, I'm, you know, she wrote her suicide note. Her daughter said, hey, would you come to me to this worship event on Friday? She said, oh, she said I agreed to go to the worship event as my last thing before I left. I already had her note written. We're, le we're leading worship. And the presence of God shows up in such a powerful way. Touches her heart. Changes her mind delivers her from the spirit of suicide. I got a, she got a text that morning said, that lady is alive today. Come on. Like that's the power of this. That's why this is significant. Listen, praise and worship is not just the preamble to the message. It's not the appetizer. It's the main course. If we do anything right when we gather, it should be to minister to the Lord rightly. Come on, worship is for God. The message is for us. Whew. Now I got to get to my last one. <laughs> All right, the last Hebrew word, and this is the one that I really, really want us to dig into, is the Hebrew word tahila. Not tequila. Because I said tequila last message, and someone said tequila? And I had to tell them, this is the song of the spirit. The other one's just a spirit. <clears throat> but if you have enough of that one, you probably will sing. So, but Tehillah is the praise the Lord inhabits. It's also the, where we get the idea of the new song or the song of the heart, which is why I entitled this message Heart Song. Psalm 22.3 says, Yet you are holy, <clears throat> enthroned, some other translations say inhabit or dwell or marry, but the Hebrew word is yeshab, says you are enthroned upon the tahillah of your people. And tahillah means to release your genuine, authentic affections to the Lord based on your personal history with him. So, Valentine's Day is coming up in a couple months. How many guys are ready for that? If you're like most guys, if like guys, if you're like most guys, you're probably going to wait till like the day before or the morning of and swing by CVS uh, and grab a greeting card from <laughs> down the aisle. And uh, ladies, I just want to paint this picture for you and hopefully it doesn't bring up too many bad wounds from previous Valentine's Day. Uh, but guys, I'm going to try to help you out too. Okay, so imagine the scenario, you know, you, uh, it's Valentine's Day and, and your guy goes to the, to the CVS and he grabs a card off the shelf, he opens it up and in, in the middle, stamped in the center uh, from the factory, it says, Happy Valentine's Day. And you as a guy go, I agree with that sentiment, I'm going to endorse it by giving it my signature. That's a lot of like what we do sometimes on Sunday morning. And I'm not knocking 
the corporate worship experience, but this kind of sometimes is Christian karaoke, where we just, we're singing somebody else's poetry. We're endorsing it by singing along, but it's someone else's art. It's someone else's encounter that's been reimagined, and we're singing along um, is like us giving our endorsement, right? There's nothing wrong with that. You still mean it, right? You still mean Happy Valentine's Day. But imagine if you will, ladies, if your guy took the blank side of that page and began to pen in his own words how much he felt about you, what he thought about you. He's like, oh, man, I remember the first time we met, baby. Man, I'm so, you're so thankful you're such a good mom to our kids. I want to grow old with you. Let's get that RV. Let's do, like, all the things we dreamed about. And he starts penning all this mushy stuff on the left side, you know, the open. How many ladies want that card? <laughs> Guys, you got some homework. That's, that's the expectation. But that's what Tehillah Praise is. That's Tehillah Praise is where we leave the screen and begin to tell the Lord in our own in our own words, based on our own history with him, how much we feel, what we feel about him and how much we love him. And just like it would arouse the affections of a lover in the same way, it, it beckons the Lord to draw near. He literally says that when you praise me this way, when you tell me in your own words what you feel about me, he says, I literally move into that. I, cre- I, I literally establish my throne, the, my, my, the seat and center of my cosmic government where I rule the universe from. He says he moves that into your heart song. Any room where you tell the Lord you love him and mean it from your heart becomes the throne room of God. Let me ask you a question. Is there depression in God's throne room? Is that allowed? No. Is fear and anxiety allowed in God's throne room? No. Is poverty or lack any of those things? Nothing of the kingdom of darkness is allowed to abide in the presence of the Almighty. And he says, I literally put the center of my kingdom in your heart song. So if you want to displace the kingdom of darkness, you're only a song away. Because this, this Hebrew word yeshab, I want you to get this. This Hebrew word yeshab, uh, which we translate in throne, the, the pictographic meaning is someone, it, it is like this, someone who picks up all of their belongings and moves to take permanent residence in a new place. So what, what, the, what this verse is telling us is saying, when you lift up your voice, you know, it, it, when you begin to tell me how much you, what I mean to you in your own words, he says, I pick up where I'm from. Where is he from? Heaven. He picks up all the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healings, the breakthrough, the deliverance, the provision, uh, the salvation. He says, I pick up all of where I'm from and I move it into your song. Do you see why this is just, it's significant we literally get to change the, atm- the spiritual atmosphere, not only for ourselves, but for our community when we, when we enthrone upon our praise. And I want to give you one more little link. So Psalm 2 is what they call a prophetic messianic psalm. 
It's a psalm that was written about the Messiah, Jesus, prophetically thousands of years before we would come on the scene. And it starts off by saying, why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot a vain thing? They, they conspire against the Lord and his anointed one. Right? It's talking about the kingdom of darkness is trying to come against the Lord and his people. But it says, but the one who is enthroned or yeshabed in heaven laughs. I love it. It's saying that when all of the chaos of the world is trying to encroach on you and your God, and it will, it's not, but it, here's, here's the thing, it can't, it can't kick him off his throne. He can't be knocked off his throne. And he's literally saying he's laughing at the enemy. But do you understand that the very throne that he sits on and laughs at the enemy from is the throne that you create with him, for him with your praise? I'm going to take it even a little further. So the book of Ephesians says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we sing our heart song. We pull out the lazy boy for dad. He sits down in it. We sit on his lap and we lap and we both have a laugh at the enemy together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come out. They've been patiently waiting back there. And if you think this is weird or something that shouldn't be done in church or you're feeling confused or convicted, possibly convicted, about this, uh, I want to just sprout out a couple of verses for you to give you a little peace. Psalm 35 verse 28 says, And when my tongue shall speak of your righteousness uh, and your, and your tahilo or your praise all the day long. Listen, worship does come from the heart, but it just can't stay there. It can't stay there. It has to be verbalized. It has to, listen, okay. I know many of us are going to relate to this, but you remember in like when you were a freshman in high school and you're like, man, that person's really, really cute. And in here, that's how you felt. And you never dated that person because what? You never said anything. Any of you that are married here, imagine going through a lifelong relationship without ever telling that person how much, ver verbally telling them you love them. Doesn't sound like a recipe for deep intimacy. So all that to be, all that's being said is like we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna actually step into Tehila praise, and you can mean it from your heart. And listen, it's not something, uh, you can mean it from your heart, but it's got to come out of your mouth. This is where it's going to get uncomfortable. It has to come out of your mouth. Let me give you some help. Psalm 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and trust the Lord. Psalm 51, verse 15. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth uh, shall 
uh, shall show forth your praise. O, o bless, Psalm 66, verse 8. O bless our God, uh, your, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Psalm 71, verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with your praises and with your glory all day long. Psalm 119, verse uh, 171. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. Psalm 145, verse 21 says, My mouth shall speak of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name. We have this last verse, Psalm 149, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And tahillah in the assembly of the saints. This is the assembly of the saints. This is the place to do it. So I've given you a lot of permissions today. I've given you permission to lift your hands. I've given you permission to shout. I've given you permission to bow. I've given you permissions to dance and be wild. I'm also giving you permission to release the song of your heart to the Lord. Isn't he worthy of it? Come on, he paid the highest price. He deserves the highest praise. And you may be thinking, well, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a good singer. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. He doesn't say make a good one. And listen, it says all the earth. So unless you're from another planet, you're not excluded. And you may be thinking, well, I'm an introvert. So am I. God knows my heart. Yeah, he does, but he wants to hear your words. Listen, he's already got Chris Tomlin's song. He's already got Carrie Job's song. He's already got Lorna Daigle's song. Does he have your song? Does he? David said it this way, I'll become even more undignified than this. I don't care what it, it sounds like, and I don't care what people think about me. My God is worthy of my praise. So I'm going to invite you to stand. Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which begs the question, what are they doing in heaven? They're partying. They're worshiping. All of heaven is responding to the full display of the beauty and majesty of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying is if you want to experience what heaven has, you have to be prepared to do what heaven does. So if all of heaven is singing at the top of their lungs in response to the goodness of God, Jesus is telling us, if you do that, what they're doing in heaven, I want to be done here on earth. And when, when God sees that we're doing down here, what they're doing up here, he says, I can't contain myself. I got to get with them. I'd rather be down there with them. Because John 4, Jesus says, he tells us the Father's looking for something. He says, the Father is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So imagine, if you will, God's looking. He's scanning the earth. He's saying, I, I'm looking for something. I, where can I find it? Where can I find it? He, he's, he's, he's 
looking all over, and I, what I want desperately, church, is for when his eyes come across Austin Christian Fellowship, he stops and says, oh, there it is. I found what I'm looking for. They're doing down there what we're doing up here. Come on, guys, let's go. Let's move into that song because there are people that are suffering down there, and I, and I, I, I had it. They're singing their love songs to me, and I can't help myself. I'm such a lover. I, I, just, get, I just get so enraptured. I got to be close to them. Candy kind of said it earlier. But it's one thing to know that the love of God can touch the heart of man. We know that. Because God's love has impacted us and transformed us, transfigured us, made us more like his son. But did you know that it's an invitation that's available right now to, to, with the revelation that the love of man can actually touch the heart of God? The love of God touches the heart of man, yes, but the love of man can actually touch and move the heart of God. I just want to move your heart. That's all I want to do. I want to give you the goosebumps, God. Isn't he worthy? Church, isn't he worthy? Come on, lift your hands. Yada the Lord. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands all over this church. We're going to step into it. Come on, man, pick it up. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Let's begin to pour out our praise. Let's use the breath that's in our lungs to lavish the Lord with the, with the perfume of our praise. Come on, it's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So moment of truth if it helps I want you to you can close your eyes lift your hands kneel but I want us to do exactly what we were just saying we were doing taking this breath that God has given and begin to pour out our praise upon him and it may be as simple as just saying I love you Jesus or thank you God but I encourage you do it loud Come on, let's fill this place with the incense of praise to God. Come on, lift your voice, church. Lift your voice in adoration. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, we love you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus.
Austin Christian Fellowship, we have crossed a threshold this morning. We have stepped over a line. Please don't go back. Please don't regress into hands in my pocket, coffee in my, you know, there's nothing wrong with coffee and worship. Actually, I think the Lord blesses that. But, but what I'm saying is like, this is normal. Listen, no more showing up 10 minutes after worship has started. Come on, show up early to be in the presence of God. Psalm 100 says, come, come into his presence with singing. Don't wait for the music to start. It says, come into his presence with singing. Do you feel the atmosphere shifting? Do you feel the possibility in, in, in the room? When we do this, we're in agreement with heaven. God manifests himself in the midst of the praises of his people. And how many of you know we need him? We can't do it without him. We need his presence. This is the invitation. He says, if you praise me from the depths of your heart and release it out of the atmosphere, he says, I'll draw near. Come on, the Bible teaches us when we draw near, he draws near. The Bible also teaches us that when we lift his name up on the earth, he will draw all men unto himself. Listen, I care about the non-believer, and I believe that the best thing for the non-believer is to see this radical church like so passionate for God. And it's like, the, the, the Bible saying that when we do our part, lift his name up, he'll do his part, draw all men. So we don't have to worry about it. We just have to worry about, God, is this offering pleasing to you? Amen? I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you. Did you guys have a good time this morning? I told, second, I told first service, and I want to let you know this as well. I gave you a weapon today. Actually, I gave you seven. But this weapon called Tehila Praise is very powerful. Because like I said earlier, every room, any room where you lift up the praises of God becomes the throne room of God. Because here's the reality. This is sobering. Pay attention. You won't always have me. You won't always have candy. You won't always have Sarah to lead you in worship. You need to know how to invite the presence of God into your own home, into your own car, into your own business, into your own family, into your own crisis. And the way you do that is by fixing your eyes on Him. And based on your personal history with His goodness, say, God, I love you. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. And he can't help himself but show up. When he shows up, he often shows off. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the new normal in worship at Austin Christian Fellowship. A new normal that looks like shouting and lifted hands and dancing and bowing and singing our heart out in full unbridled passion to you because you're so worthy, God. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. And it's in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. One last time, let's give a huge shout of praise to God.
gets good like this, it's, it's like you could go another hour. But we won't. We won't. But doesn't time seem to not, it seems to stand still in the presence of God. Amen. But here's, here's the good news. I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. If you like this, guess what? You get it for all eternity. So we just get to do now pregame. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you all so much. We love you. If you need prayer, come up to the front. We got our prayer ministry team here, here ready to agree with God for your breakthrough, for your healing, for your provision. We love you. God bless you guys. Have a great lunch. Be safe on the road. We'll see you next week.